Oh my gosh. You know. hard to not abuse animals. Colonies can fuck themselves. Go fuck themselves. This is a shot of all the girls. You know what? It's a beautiful day in St. Augustine, Florida. You know that St. Augustine? St. Augustine is the oldest city in America. I've always wanted to visit St. Augustine, Florida because it's the oldest city in America. And yeah, it's true. They got some old stuff. They've got some old conquistador stuff. They got a jail that looks like a hotel. They got all sorts of weird stuff here because it's old. That's their whole thing. It's old. They have an old hotel and an old, the oldest shop in America. They have the oldest um, jail in America. I said that. I think that's it. That's it. That's it. that's what they have. They have the old stuff here. They got. If you like old stuff, and you're in America, you need to visit St. Augustine, Florida. You'll love it. If you like old stuff, St. Augustine. Have you been there before? I've never been here before. I drove in and I thought, oh my gosh, this is such a beautiful little town. I really am um, impressed about how pretty it is, actually. I normally am not. I don't really like most cities in America. Um, and I think they kind of mostly look the same. And this one is so friggin' cute. It's like Dana Point, California except old. It's old. Did I mention that it's quite antique? Like there's, it's been here for a while. That's the, that's the message you really need to hand and, you know, really hammer home when you're talking about St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for you, Brad McDonald. I'm always here for you. I will probably never set foot in America, says Alpha Sophis. Why would you never set foot in America? That's like saying I would never set foot in... Mm. Russia. I'd love to go see St. Petersburg, Russia. I'm going to see St. Petersburg, Florida, but St. Petersburg, Russia, I'd love to see. I've always wanted to see St. Petersburg. Um, I can't think of a country that I wouldn't want to visit unless, except for the ones that want to cut my heads off, I guess, my head off. I don't, I don't want to get my head cut off, but I'd be happy to go anywhere in the world and see, give them a chance, give them a chance to see what they're like. Band of Horses has a, a sound called St. Augustine. They do? I like Band of Horses. Man, I haven't thought of that band for a while. I love when Wolf talks music because he always gets me thinking about all the different musical uh, acts that I haven't thought about for a while. Oof, Savage Sophist. Oof. 
and the world america says oof oh it hurts so bad savage sophists will never will never darken our doorstep what will we do what will what will happen if we never have you grace us with your presence i am broke so can't travel halfway across the globe well you never know things could change the tides can turn you might be the richest man in the world someday you never know mm. i got this personal blender thing so i can make smoothies now instead of eating garbage and it's been really good so far i really am enjoying 16 dollars at target and now i have a a little hamilton beach mini blender it fits in my car my truck my truck holder you know my cup holder and uh it works great i wake up in the morning i make that heck yeah it's better than I, I i i don't like hotel coffee very much i still have been drinking it but less of it because i wake up and i make a smoothie it's been great plus cheaper actually weird that when you when you eat whole food plant-based diets it's far cheaper than everything else i went to saint augustine once and loved the place while wow, turning veganese what did you love about it what where did you go what did you do i'd love to hear about what was the plan i'm thinking about taking the little trolley ride today today's my day off tomorrow's my day off and i, I took a walk on the beach yesterday oh my gosh and the, the beach is so it's so funny that the beach sand in Western Florida and like the Bahamas, I've been to the Bahamas before. The sand is like white flour. It's like uh, it's like wheat flour. It's amazing. The presence of the Lord kisses a frog. Believe in me or stay in a car playing guitar. Okay, okay. Coffee might get costlier soon because of global warming. Alpha Sophist, you're probably right. In addition to the uh, milk prices going up and sugar probably going up then perhaps all of those special drinks that starbucks makes for people you know the price is going to go up but the price is always already quite high people spending ten dollars a day on coffee drinks it's amazing to me now i want a chocolate smoothie mine is chocolate peanut butter strawberry banana with a little bit of spinach for i put a little little bit of spinach in there for green protein iron stuff you know Mm. I always like to add a little, sneak in a little bit of spinach into my smoothies because I feel like it, first of all, makes it smoothier, thicker, but it also, I think, adds a little bit of je ne sais quoi. I like to think that I'm getting, you know, a little bit of greens. It's important to get your greens, you know? Yeah. Heckin' global warming. Grr, those damn global warmingers. Happy National, what is today's National Poinsettia Day? Do you think we should celebrate National Poinsettia Day? I mean, the poisonous plant from Mexico that everybody likes to use for Christmas. It's funny because poinsettias are definitely a Mexican flower. And yet people think that it's a, they think it's an ancient they think it's an ancient European flower that we use for uh, for Christmas, but it's not. National Cocoa Day? Nah. How about National Horse Day? National uh, International Day of Neutrality Day? National Dingling Day? That sounds like, are you a national dingling? It encourages us to reconnect with people we once talked to often. Well, isn't that sweet? People we once talked to often. 
National Dingling Day. Well, I thought it was going to be something entirely different. I thought it was going to be something like National Numquat Day. National Dingling Day, you can call up someone you haven't talked to in a long time. Give them a call. Tell them, hey, go vegan, idiot. That would be a good thing. That would be really good. Call up someone you haven't talked to in a really long time and say, hey, it's National Dingling Day. And I need to tell you, please, stop being a dingling, you stupid dingling. Go vegan. And then hang up on them. I think that is a really good plan. That is how you can celebrate National Dingling Day. Makes perfect sense to me. All right. I think, though, the best one is International Horse Day. Let's see if it means International Day of the Horse. Look at these photoshopped horses all running in different directions, yet seemingly running together. Let's see. Let's see. Encourages people of the United States are mindful of the contribution of horses to the economy, history, and character of the United States. That's not bad. The domesticated horse we know today, also known as Equus caballus, was introduced to North America by Spanish explorers. Escape horses eventually spread across the American Great Plains. There you go. People who say, what are we going to do with these animals if we let them all free? They'll be fine in America. Don't worry about it. Just have the world ship us their cows and horses and everything. We'll take them. Aside from the anthropological debate, the horse has contributed significantly to the advancement of civilization in North America. Not only did the horse serve as vital transportation, but the clearly forests, but they cleared forests for farmland. They led the way westward and into battle too. Horses diversified Native American hunting habits and defined the Western cowboy. It's true. Read some favorite books about horses. I think it's important to remember these poor slaves who were in who were forced to be part of our history. They were taken here from their homes in other places of the world by the Spanish, brought here in America, and now, still today, they survive only because they're slaves. Some of them are free. They're freed slaves living in the American West. But most horses in America today, they are still slaved enslaved and uh cannot they they're broken we break their spirits in order to get them to do what we want we race them we still have them draw draw carriages in places like new york city wild horses are the only types of horses that should exist feral horses are the second best and you know since all the wild horses are extinct feral horses are all we got so for national horse day i think or national day of the horse I think that we should remember that animals don't belong to us and that horses have their own destinies and have their own futures and their own desires and their own friends. Look at these guys all running together. They just want to be friends. They don't want nothing to do with you, stupid human, little ape, little hairless ape climbing on the back of a four-legged animal just because what? You want to go faster? Now, now you get to go get into a car. So why now? Oh, you think it looks cute. So because you think it looks cute, you should be using an animal. It's the worst type of animal use is when you use one just because you think they're cute. Happy National Horse Day, everybody. Happy National Day of the Horse. Thank you. At the 12 noon Facebook Live mass from Knock in Ireland, I just wish peace to all. Nice. Good job. Mm. And all ye now watching whatever social media platform you are now tuned in. Paul Campbell, all the way from Galway, Ireland. Thank you for being here. Today we have an awesome guest. 
he's a uh, plants and plates. I met him on TikTok. I'm pretty excited about it because he's going to help me get these gains. He's going to help me get these gains. Dingle my Santa in the grain. That's the reason for this pain. First murder in the book was Cain. Now there's nothing but the cloudless rain. Cloudless rain. Jeez Louise. Oh, not the cloudless rain. Um, You add hemp and chia seeds to your smoothies. Posh like that. That is pretty posh. I like that idea. I used to do that when I lived back home. But on the road, I don't have any chia seeds. But maybe I should get some chia seeds from my smoothies. Mmm. Yeah, maybe chia seeds. I like the strawberry seeds, though. I can, I can taste the strawberry seeds. It's been good. It's chia seeds, maybe that's a good idea. Horses were very important to the role of human evolution. Remember, the actual Aryans, the ancestors of the Indo-European language, were, were horse milk drinkers. All right, I'll try to remember that, Alpha Sophist. Horses were used as milk source as well as a battle weapon in 5000 BC. Isn't that funny? They milk them and then they force them to fight. Stop horsing around and become vegan. I like that. Quit horsing around. Quit horsing around, you silly bastards. All right. Today, the word of the day is mentor. I know some people know what that word means, but let's find out where it comes from, huh? Someone who teaches or gives people advice to a less experienced, often younger. They regard the professor not only as a mentor, but as a good friend as well. Have you ever had a mentor? I certainly have. I think mentor is important to the vegan movement too. You know, a lot of people, they don't know what they're doing. They're less experienced. They, they're freaking out when they go vegan. They're, they're, they're worried that they might not get it right and everything. Not that there's anything to get right, but... I understand how some people don't understand how difficult it is um, to like go against the mainstream, you know, to swim upstream. It's kind of hard. So they need a mentor to help them. <coughs> the grant supports the individuals who are pushing boundaries as founders, educators, and artists. Awardees are matched with creative industry, industry mentors. <coughs> Great industry mentors. Mentor is pretty ubiquitous in today's world as world as a word for anyone who is positive, guiding influence in other in another equally sorry, in another usually younger person's life. But no matter your age, we're here to guide you through the world's words history. Mentor comes originally from ancient Greek literature in Homer's epic, The Odyssey. Odysseus is always is away from home. Fighting and journeying for 20 years during that time, Telemachus, the son he left as a babe in arms, grows up under the supervision of Mentor, an old and trusted friend. When the goddess Athena decides it is time to complete the education of young Telemachus, she visits him disguised as Mentor, and they set out together to learn about his father. A version of Mentor, written as Mentor, later appeared as a major character in the Odyssey-inspired French novel Les Aventures de Télémaque. Huh. They said that's how they say Telemachus, Les Aventures de Télémaque, by um, Francois Fenelon. After which, I became it became a generic noun for trusted guide in that language before being borrowed into English with the same meaning. Weird. Interesting. It took a took a detour in French before it got to us. How interesting. Yeah. Um, 
I guess you don't, you know, if you read, if you've read the Odyssey, you know, Telemachus has to go rescue, uh, rescue, he goes out looking for Odysseus, for Odysseus, and um, Athena, the goddess of wisdom and war and shit, she wants to help him for some reason, I forget why, and uh, yeah, she disguises herself as mentor, and Telemachus follows her, or him, or them, yeah. What kind of training split are you going for, Sky? Full body, two or three times a week. A good is a day start. Yeah, I start, I do every, I try to do every day. Every day, full body. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, if I have to, like, leave early or something, I skip a day. But I try to do every day. That's always been kind of my thing. Like, if I could try to do every single day, and then when life gets in the way and takes a day off of me, that's okay. Because every every once once a week you're gonna miss a day, maybe two days, and you're like, okay, but just try to go every day. That's that's what I try to do. Sky has Sky has Chad genetics for muscle gains. Keep the grind on. I got that. I got those Chad genetics. Yeah, man. I gotta keep going. It's been hard with my foot all messed up right now. So you know, with the injury, and you're like, it's just hard to get to the to walk to the gym and everything. So like I go there, I'm all exhausted by the time I get there. So I, I have the hotel um, workout, the the bands though, and it's been really good. So it's been happy. Tight, sky is tall as well. Muscle gain will be good for activism. Indeed, people are scared of me because many people think vegans can't get gains. Well, other people think we're small and, and frail too, and I'm clearly not that. So I'm lucky in that department. Mm. So smoothies and working out a lot. That's what I like. You know, there's this movie coming out that everyone's really excited about. My girlfriend's really excited about it. She was super happy that she was able to get Netflix because she really wants to see it. And I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um, I don't think it's out yet. Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget is about to change everyone's mind about fast food. Is that really, is a movie that powerful? Is it a lot? Is it is it is it that powerful that you can change people's minds with a claymation movie? And also, is Mel Gibson the voice or what? The Chicken Run sequel inspired a new generation of vegans and vegetarians. Is that even possible? Do you think so? After all, the movie lifts the curtain to show the reality behind many kids' favorite dinner, chicken nuggets. Just over two decades ago, the first Chicken Run hit cinema 20 years ago. Holy shit. Goddamn, I'm feeling old. Ugh. Which sees chickens escape from an English farm before they're turned into pot pies. Was a global success. To this day, it remains the highest grossing stop motion animated film of all time. It's amazing they took 20 years to make another one. If that was the it's the highest grossing stop motion animation film of all time, make another one. Pixar doesn't wait 20 years. What are you doing? You know what I mean? The second film, which will be released 15th, December 15th on Netflix, follows the same gang of chickens as they attempt to break into a factory farm to save their fellow birds from becoming nuggets. It is set in the 1950s, which is the same decade the chicken nugget was invented. By food scientist Robert C. Baker. We want the film to be engaging and entertaining and a great ride, mostly. Chicken Run's Dawn of the Nugget director Sam Fell said per The Guardian. But yes, if you come away and you think a little bit more like a chicken by the end of it, then that's not a bad thing. 
According to reports, Fell also turned vegetarian during the making of the film. <laughs> he turned vegetarian during the making of the film. Why is he still eating eggs and dairy? Doesn't he understand what happens to eggs and dairy? What happens to eggs, chickens? What happens to egg chickens? Come on, man. What's wrong with you, Mr. Fell? Let's get this guy on the phone. We're going to get Sam Fell on the phone. Find out what the hell is wrong with him. Anyway, Dawn of the Nugget, 15th of December. Are you guys exciting? It's coming out this weekend. I'm excited. I want to see it. I want to see it. Where do chicken nuggets really come from? Ooh, since the 50s, billions of chickens have been slaughtered for the fast food industry. Nowadays, most spend their lives on factory farms where they have little more room than the size of an A4 piece of paper to turn around. U.S. research suggests that 99% of animal products come from animals that were raised in industrialized factory farm conditions. This is a number that I think is important to remember when people tell you, well, I'm against factory farms. All right, well, that's 99% of it, you dumb piece of shit. It's safe to say if something's 99%, you can say all of it, okay? You can say all of it. So. All animals were raised in industrialized farm factory farm conditions. 99%. That number always bothers me because people are like, well, we should be doing factory farm. Factory, I'm against factory farms. It's all factory farms. What the fuck are you talking about? McDonald's is one of the world's biggest buyers of chicken meat. It's McNugget, which hit menus in the 80s are one of the best-selling menu items. Mm-hmm. Chickens killed from McDonald's spend their lives crammed inside massive windowless sheds pressed up against each other, standing in their own waste and breathing ammonia-filled air. Uh, targeted specifically at McDonald's. McCruelty campaign. All right, so as you can see, there's obviously vegan chicken nuggets available. It's so ridiculous. There's not that like there's so many different different options. Uh, we're experiencing a surge in vegan nuggets from next Wednesday onwards. As the name indicates, VFC specializes in realistic tasting vegan versions of KFC products, including Chick Fil A popcorn chicken. There you go. See VFC. Chicken Run will send vegan nugget sales through the roof. I think so, too. I think so, too. We do a lot of dissociating from our feelings about food in general. Vegan cookbook author Richard Macon, who is hoping that the new Chicken Run sequel will have a lasting impact on viewers. We can't all cope with the emotions that come with knowing about the human or animal suffering involved in an industrialized food system. The industrialized food system, of course, is what's causing all of our problems. And yet uh, we continue. We continue, don't we? And meanwhile, there are plenty of vegan options when it comes to chicken nuggets. I like Simulate. I like the Morningstar ones. There's so many different ones. What's your favorite vegan chicken nugget? What's your favorite vegan chicken nugget, folks in the chat, my VFS? I would like not like to be converted into nuggets. Thank you, Paul. I also would not like to be converted into nuggets. Even after, even if they found me on the side of the road, I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. One of the vegan magazines on FB is already predicting a new wave of veganism from this movie. Their positivity is bordering on toxic. Do you really think that a movie is going to have that much of an impact? Cowspiracy didn't have that much of an impact. I mean, give me a break. 
everyone always thinks that it's going to be like, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe it's going to be a huge deal and everyone's going to go vegan. I hope so. Everyone's going to go vegan after this, guys. Everyone, let's, let's manifest that, you know? Everyone's going to go vegan the second chicken rug, chicken run, um, run for the nuggets comes out. Wait, what's it actually called? Chicken run. Dawn of the Nugget. So Dawn of the Nugget is the name of the movie. Uh, if you'd like to see it, it comes out on the 15th of this. So a few more days comes out this weekend on Netflix. Maybe Netflix will do some good in the world for once. You know, you never know. It could it could maybe change the world. If everyone's saying that the whole world's going vegan after seeing this movie, maybe they're right. A cartoon has done big things in the world in the past, right? It hasn't, you know, cartoons have changed America, changed the world, changed your mind. I think so. You guys, I have plans and plates waiting in the wings and um, I can't wait to bring them on. You probably might, you might know from TikTok, but I guess but since a lot of you guys are YouTube only, maybe you don't know plants and plates. You know what I mean? So let's bring them right on. Are you ready, plants and plates? He's giving me the big thumbs up. He's saying, yeah, I'm ready to go. Heck yeah. All right, let's do this. Hey, oh, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm loving life. Good, good. Um, yeah, I uh, we're, we're talking about Chicken Run a second ago. Are you excited? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that movie, it came out a long time ago, right? Well, the, the second one's, the sequel's coming out. So 20 years later, the sequel's coming out this weekend. Oh, okay, I did see that, yeah. Yeah, and it's about chicken nuggets. And they're saying that it's going to be like the vegan maker. Yeah, apparently that first movie actually surprisingly turned a lot of people vegan. That's what I hear, at least. You know, it's funny because like I ask a lot of people all the time, you know, why they went vegan or whatever. Every and I and I've heard it all. Every once in a while, I get surprised, and it's like Chicken Run. I've heard or Babe is another one. That babe, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, would you We're, mind introducing yourself? Since I don't, I don't, uh, I don't do great introductions. Could you tell everybody who you are, who I'm talking to? Yeah, so I'm Plants and Plates, and uh, I'm primarily on TikTok. I started here on YouTube as well. I'm trying to build up a following here. Mm -hmm. uh, I do vegan activism and fitness content. And yeah. Cool. Lift weights and talk about animal rights. That's right. Lifting weights and talking about animal rights. I've been lifting. I've been using those um, elastic bands. I'm on, you know, I'm on, in hotels traveling from town to town yeah. talking about chickens. I'm on tour with Peter right now. So I'm trying to like stay, stay in shape while I'm on the road. Maybe even get swole. You know, yeah, whatever works. Do you ever use like the hotel gyms and stuff like that? I do. I actually all I always try to use the hotel gym as well, and because they usually have free weights in there. Yeah, but uh, or a treadmill or a um, I, I like the elliptical machine. It gets the blood going, you know. So yeah. I'll, I'll use it for that. And but not all hotel gyms are created equal, so you can't really. Um, That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I stayed in. I was trying. It was funny because I can't. I don't even know that I'm in a Hampton Inn right now, and I was like, I think I've stayed in 15 Hampton Inns, maybe 20 Hampton Inns this year. And the, when you start thinking about all these different hotels, it's just like a, a blur. Yeah, and and some of them have some of them have um, have have gyms. But then what the way I fucked up last time is I was going to the gym in the hotel every single time, every single day. And I was doing feeling really good. I was looking good. And then all of a sudden we had like a bunch of hotels that didn't have gyms just like right in a row for whatever reason. Well I know why, but 
because we're in California and it, it, our budget didn't allow it. So now all of a sudden I'm like not working out and then I'm just, you know, I don't know. I feel like I'm a creature habit, you know how yeah. it is. And then yeah. sometimes they advertise a gym and it's like a closet with like a broken treadmill in it. And yes, you know. <laughs> yes, a broken elliptical that's just yeah. like it's it like it works, but like the thing doesn't light up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't light up at all. Um, so, <laughs> were you a, were you a a a workout guy before going vegan, or um, or uh, how I, did that? I did a little bit, very little. I wasn't as into it as I I am now. Um, I started getting the martial arts actually. I did that for a little bit and then okay. uh, I decided to go vegan like in the beginning of that and then did that for a while. Oh, very cool. Yep. So how did you um, decide to go vegan? What was the deal? Um, about 10 years ago, I watched Earthlings and that kind of had like a huge impact on me and I went vegetarian at that point because mm. like I had a lot of family members like, oh, you have to eat, you know, dairy products and eggs and things and I didn't know any better. So I was like... Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll eat eggs once in a while. But then These I, people never let me down. They've always yeah. told me the truth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then I looked more into it and I was like, okay, well, that's not true either. And uh, yeah, I just did a lot more research and then I ended up going vegan. So my vegan, uh, I've been vegan probably about seven years now. So cool. yeah. Well, did you, um, who the hell told you to watch Earthlings? You don't just like, you woke up one day like, you know what yeah. I'd like to watch? I, I had a coworker that was vegan at the time, and he and I asked him because I'm always interested whenever somebody has like a different perspective than me. I'm like, oh, what made you do that? He was like, oh, well, I watched Earthlings years ago, years ago, and I was like, what's that? Mm -hmm. So I looked into it. So yeah, at least you have you have a curious mind, man. Yeah. You were like at least going, uh, maybe I should check something out about. Okay, yeah. And my first thought at the time is like I would consider myself probably anti-vegan at the time. So mm. like. I, my first thing is like, oh, all right, I'm going to debunk this. Like, this is propaganda, this and that. So, I remember going on YouTube and typing in like, oh, ethical slaughter facilities, and then yeah. like watching them and being like, okay, well, no, I have no argument against this. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Why don't you Google ethical slaughter? Yeah. Google, go ahead, Google humane slaughter. Tell me what it looks like yeah. and what you think it should be. Yeah, yeah that's you want to debunk it. No, this can't be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i remember it was like a big concrete facility and this lady's like doing a walkthrough of him like wow this is like horrendous mm -hmm. well yeah i mean it's probably temple grandin talking about the more you know ethical slaughterhouses temple grandin has made a whole career about showing people how to kill kill animals more nicely yeah you know and um it because because she's autistic she thinks that she's more animalistic and that she knows that like the sounds that an animal hears before he dies yeah. needs to be mitigated, but also that the it shouldn't be right angles when they're going into the slaughter. They need to be curved. Yeah, <laughs> fucking crazy. Like there's yeah. a whole notion of like building a cottage industry about humane washing the slaughter of animals. I feel like in the final days of a lot of these industries, you get like really wacky stuff like that. For instance, like in like the uh, renewable energy like sector you have a lot of people saying like things like clean coal and stuff like that you know they're trying yeah. to really um you know make something up to try to it's it's like the final efforts for it that's so true i i've been saying that for a long time the clean coal like they were telling us that they could clean coal sequester the carbon from coal yeah. emissions yeah and like it's bullshit. It never happened. Yeah. It's not real. But you had literally presidents talking about how yeah. clean coal is what yeah. is the future. 
<laughs> it's just craziness. <laughs> totally crazy. Um, so you you went vegan seven years ago, and you. But I love the idea that you that you were like clutching your pearls in a way, going like, no, 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 yeah. this can't be real. I'm gonna debunk this. Yeah. But then when you um when you went vegan, you you turned to your family, and they told you no. Like I mean, they were the ones telling you to eat dairy and shit. What, what was yeah. the response when you came back? And you're like, no, nah, I'm not doing that shit either. They were kind of right with that at the point because I think initially going vegetarian was like the biggest impact because I grew up in a family of uh, hunters too. So mm. that's something I did as a kid as well. So it was that's why it was such like a big impact to me. So it was like a total switch. But um, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't try to think of um, try to rationalize hunting versus what was happening in earthlings? I did in the beginning. So right before I went vegetarian, like I did a thing where I was like, oh, I'm only going to eat stuff that's hunted because that's more ethical. You know, right. it was like it was like right. for me, it was a slow like a slow burn. Like it, it switched over slowly. But um. I can commiserate though. I, I get that. Like, cause when I, when I went vegan, it was the same. I, not when I was vegan, I was vegetarian. And then I was like, I, I heard about veganism sort of. And I started trying to eat, like, I'm only going to eat cheese from farms that come that are from Sonoma County and they know yeah. the names of their cows. And I was like, or eggs from backyard chickens in Berkeley, California, you know, like, yeah. Uh, your brain, a lot of people, I think they try to, because they they want, to have their cake and eat it too. That's what that is. Yeah. You're trying to have your cake and eat it too. I want to have, I don't want to make any significant changes. I want to keep hunting and doing what I'm doing yeah. and fitting in. But so what made you, so you were like, wait a second, you, you, you're like, I'm like only eat things that are hunted, eat animals yeah. who are hunted. Yeah. And then you were like, wait a second. No, this ain't. This and ain't I was perfect. like, all right, well, you know, I'll, I'll try to get rid of everything. All right. I'll have a little dairy here and there. And then I was like, well, I don't really need this dairy. And it was like one thing, like, <laughs> the longer i went like the less and less i wanted like dairy and eggs and things like that yeah and it was just like i'm hardly eating this like i'll just cut it out all together and then i learned the ethical side of it well i mean yeah i mean it sounds like you kind of went with you started with showing you started seeing how animals were suffering then you went with yeah yeah started he hearing about the ethics did you um so when you stopped hunting how your family must have been like weirdo you're not going to come out with us anymore you know yeah go out? yeah yeah <laughs> they they ate a lot of like meat heavy diets obviously so it was mm -hmm. it was very different like um you know they were kind of like oh well, what are you going to eat now this and that and I, I don't know how long you've been like uh, vegan or vegetarian but years ago like 10 years ago when i was first vegetarian there was hardly like a, not nearly as many products as there are now so it's yeah. kind of like you know i was eating a lot of black bean burgers and just like mm -hmm. making like whatever i could you know a lot of rice and things like that yeah, I mean, I went vegan in 2005, and nice. I was like, yeah, there was, I, I learned how to make lentil burgers, and I yeah. learned how to do portobello burgers, and I learned how to do shit, you know, I had to learn by myself. Yeah, But I was also, what I didn't have was, like, I wasn't living at home, and I wasn't, I was a pretty independent person pretty early, and I was, like, traveling, and so I, I didn't have, like, that... Um, well, like, well, guess you're going to be a lot of fun on Christmas. It's like, well, I'm not going to see you on Christmas. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. see you on Thanksgiving. Like, I'm yeah. not going to. So I didn't have to do too much of that, like little, little bits. So I'm not completely ignorant. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it, I, I, I realized that a lot of people, though, must confront their families in ways that are uncomfortable because at the end of the day, what you're really saying is what you taught me, mom, dad, uncle, brother, sister, whatever is wrong what you taught yeah. me is wrong yeah. and i want to do something 
opposite to that. It's completely yeah. different. Yeah. You know, and that's got to be difficult. What what state are you in? Uh, New Jersey. Oh, you're in the Garden State. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, I guess I don't really meet many hunters from the Garden State. To no, I'm not. Yeah, a lot of people tend to think of it like the cities, but I'm a yeah. good deal outside the city. So there's a lot of rural areas of New Jersey, too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's on New York. You go up to up, upstate New York yeah. and you see, yeah, you see all the animals. Well, deer. You see deer. Yeah. Yeah, lots of deer around this area. Yeah, lots and lots and lots of deer. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you probably have turkey. You have wild turkeys up there? Oh, yeah, a lot of them, too. Yeah. So I figure we have... um, I know that in New York and New Jersey, they had that that rabies outbreak in the early 2000s that... um, people it was it was kind of interesting hunters were being attacked by raccoons and all sorts of animals just being attacked just a crazy rabies outbreak (laughs) which which is scary if you think about it the new york and uh the uh, the, there was a northeast rabies outbreak i think it's incredible like there's a virus that makes your brain want to attack another animal so that you can give them the virus that's zombieism right that's what zombieism is yeah It's like uh, that that movie Thirty Days Later. You ever see that? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like that. yeah. That's the what they rage. based it on. Yeah, they based it on rabies, right? And it's yeah. like it's so scary. I've never seen um, an animal with. I've seen animals who something's wrong with them, so you don't know. But an animal that just like looks at you and then comes at you, attacks you. That's unbelievable to me. Yeah, like a zombie, a zombie raccoon. Um. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> did you did you uh were you is that when you wanted to like get get swole when did you want to get all buff and ripped well actually i started like really lifting uh seriously like probably a year ago okay so yeah i was doing a lot of martial arts stuff before that and then i decided you know now i'm gonna try to do like some bodybuilding stuff so i've been primarily like focusing on that recently what kind of martial arts do you do i do i used to do uh jujitsu and i did judo as well and some boxing too Okay, cool. Yeah, there's a TikToker called, well, we, we used to call him Karn Crusher. He's changed his names a couple of times. Oh, yeah, I have talked to him before. Yeah, he's been on my show a couple of times. He's awesome. He's a yeah, jiu-jitsu he's cool. guy. Um, did you, and so now are you, now what's what's the goal with your with your lifting? Just get get big and, and crush carnies or what's the yeah, plan? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. yeah, you know, I enjoy doing it. And also I kind of view it as like a form of activism too, because mm-hmm. people have like a, you know, preset notion that like if you go vegan, you're just going to be like skinny and frail and dying. And, you know, actually one of my, um, my buddy I go to the gym with, he's, he's not vegan. And his only experience with like meeting a vegan person before me was uh, somebody he went to college with. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that it, it was this girl that was very frail and she used to pass out and do, you know, things like that. So that was, he, he just assumed vegans were like that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, here I am like deadlifting 400 pounds. He's like, okay, well, this is changing my perspective on things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not a frail, a frail little girl who passes out. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny though if you think about it because there's so many vegans like celebrities now i mean yeah everyone knows joaquin phoenix is vegan don't they they all know yeah like anyway um <laughs> what got you into activism though because a lot of people go vegan not everyone becomes an activist why did you get into that yeah so i just started that like six months ago oh and awesome. yeah i don't know what really made me click with it i think i was just sitting there one day like watching like you know somebody's videos joey carb strong or something it just it clicked with me i'm like you know i don't see a ton of people that do like fitness content that's around animal activism and if they do there's usually like a divide 
So it's somebody mm-hmm. that usually is either doing like I'm plant-based fitness or I'm doing ethics, but it's usually not like kind of both. And that's yes. what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well, that's what I liked about your content and why you caught my eyes because you were talking. It's like, cause you're, you're, you talk about fitness fine, but you're not like only doing that. There's a lot of ethics stuff you're talking yeah. about. And, um, a lot of argue, a lot of arguments and um, responding to comments and stuff that needs to be done. And I just yeah. think that um, a lot of people, one of the big problems with kind of the fitness and um, this is the health and fitness vegans or whatever, the plant-based health and fitness, they're not talking about veganism. They're not talking yeah. about the animal's status as um, as objects as a problem. They're not. They're not talking about um that animals are here with us and not for us yep. they're just saying you know count your carbs count your calories count you know what yeah. i mean yeah i would say my page is more of an activism page first and then it's yeah. kind of like a fitness page second like that's just a secondary thing i do yeah i mean that's that's so so what what so you're watching carb strong and you're like i could do that yeah exactly i was like oh you know my people do it myself <laughs> but do you want to do what kind of activism do you want to do um i want to try to do in-person activism i haven't done that yet like uh street activism different things like that uh, it's just something i've never gotten around to doing just so convenient to do it online because you can just you know i can pick up my phone and see something on like tiktok and be like all right i have to respond to this and make like a quick you know couple minute video yeah i mean it does make it easier and 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 it's hard to argue with some of the numbers it's just that some of those numbers are garbage numbers you know what oh, i mean yeah. like if if like most of my shit on tiktok gets a few hundred views and every once in a while when you get that ten thousand, that one that gets like ten thousand views you're like okay cool but yeah. who really the ten thousand people that I, I i'd rather just get those 300 that like me and and want to hear what i have to say yeah get, you know what i mean but then you get the ten thousand, yeah. you're like oh man so many people heard my message yeah did they though? And I don't know. It's like it's a mixed bag. But when you're out in the street, you can see people's eyes. And yeah. there's something like right now. I mean, I'm doing a weird thing where I'm driving a chicken truck across America that is covered in a wrap of bloody chickens that look are looking out of their cages and they and it plays a sound of of, of dying chickens from slaughterhouses. And there's a subliminal message in the in the sound that says "Go vegan." I had oh, wow. I, I can't hear it, so I'm hope, I like to think that everyone that it passes is hearing it. Yeah, I, I saw your video with that that guy that was like super confrontational. That oh, was the, wild. The guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was <laughs> crazy. Actually, I was like, oh my god, I was almost mm. like, I got to do a response video to that because I was like, this is some good content right here. That was a fun <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. the um, and I'll get. That guy was actually out of his truck, which is rare. Most people will like, if I'm parked, they'll drive by and go like, boo, or call me a fag or, you know, stuff yeah. like that. You know, yeah. they're, they're normally not going to get out of their truck and try to antagonize. Yeah. But the same thing happened when I was doing the anti-vivisection uh, tour. Every once in a while, they'll get out. You'll have some, you'll have some trolls that are, but by and large, even those trolls though, that guy, you tell me he didn't think about. He's probably still thinking about it. Yeah. I guarantee you, he's gonna think about that for the rest of his life now because he did that. Yeah, and it actually might have had the biggest impact on him versus other people because of how he responded. So I think mm-hmm. that's kind of like his own internal, like conscious turning against him. I think so. And at the end of the day, he's gonna talk about it. He's gonna tell more people about it. And even yeah. if he paints it in a, in a negative light or paints me in a negative light, 
that's okay. It's yeah. conversation that will change the the minds of people and get people thinking, wait a second, why the hell? Because every 10 person he talks to, someone will go like, well, but why were you out of your truck talking to a PETA guy about, yeah. you know, why would you do that? Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's something that I always thought PETA did well is that they take a message and they make it kind of like over the top, but it draws on a lot of views. And I think a lot of people say like, oh, look at these protests they're doing. It's really silly. But at the end of the day, it's like I see a lot of people in groups I'm in and like Facebook and stuff that aren't even animal rights related and they're sharing PETA videos like nonstop. Yeah. So it's just it's so interesting that, you know, that works that way. I mean, PETA is it's engineered at least the department i'm in right now okay so i was in their outreach department before and it's a little bit different their outreach their but their their grassroots campaign department that i'm in right now it's 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 engineered to get press that's what they want to do they want to get press yeah. and but for me on the ground it's great when we get press i'm happy about that don't get me wrong but for me on the ground when i see someone drive by and they're like they, and they look at the truck and they're like you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I can see that happening. Um, that's rewarding. And I think that's what you cannot get in online activism. You cannot see any of that. And yeah. it gets so like the longevity for online activism, man, I just don't I just don't see it because you can't you can't tell you can all you get are trolls in the comments. You can't really hear the see the hearts and minds you're changing, you know, I think. I think it depends to what kind of online activism you do. Like when I post videos, it's a lot of trolls, but occasionally yeah. I get somebody that like reaches out to me and is like, Oh, you know, that, that was a good point you made or something like that. And I'll do a lot of like online debates too and things like that mm -hmm. on TikTok. A lot of times I get farmers and I actually end up finding some kind of middle ground with them too. So yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That is good stuff. So what kind of, um, well, let's see, we have Brad says I had to pause with this, but I'm um, resonating big time with plants and, plates ex-vegan ex-hunter here who also slow burned over which i feel like i am still forgiving myself for yeah yeah i don't think there's anything you need to really forgive yourself for because you made a change and sometimes it's hard you know a lot of people never go vegan so if you do it like over a course of time i think it's better than nothing mm -hmm. if you can do it overnight i think that's the best thing to do and you know mm -hmm. looking back i wish i had but like even if you know it takes you a while it takes you a while i think it's fine yeah, I mean the the idea is that you change, right? And that you yeah. you you learn, you know better, and you do better. Yeah. But uh, when you say you want to do more in person activism, what kind of in person activism are you thinking? What, what do you want to do next? Um, think about maybe trying like street activism, like you know, doing outreach. Oh, outreach! You want to do yeah. the whole game show thing where you're like, so tell me if you like to abuse yeah. animals. You want to do the? <laughs> well, I've been talking too. There's a chapter of anonymous for the voiceless by me yeah so they do a lot of stuff uh near me so that's something i'd consider doing eventually as well i always recommend people to try out av because it is like it's great entry-level activism you get involved you get to meet other people who are into this shit and um holding that sign and seeing again you get to see the people look you know you're holding the sign and and all of a sudden people walk by and they stop in their tracks or they or they guard their kids' faces and yeah. you get to see all that. Yeah. And I think from doing online stuff, I kind of have a grasp of like the arguments against it more than somebody that just starts out doing totally. it. So mm -hmm. like I think I actually could do the you know the actual outreach itself. Um, but yeah. 
You probably could. They probably want to let you the first day. Yeah, but, no. um, <laughs> yeah, but um, but you probably could. Usually, you know, the first time you get to hold the sign and you get to stand back. And but what usually I think on the first time I did it, I just held the sign with the mask on. But uh, it was in Las Vegas. But there really wasn't much outreach going. Well, there was anyway. But you wait for them to talk to you usually, which is a little bit different than, you know. We can hold a sign like uh, Cliff Grant held a sign saying, uh, "It's it's it's okay to it's okay to abuse animals and see who see who comes and talks to you." Yeah, I seen the chapter by me. What they do a lot of times is they'll just have the queue going and they'll kind of stand back in the crowd. And as yeah. people like, look on and they're engaged, they'll kind of like slowly walk over to them and ask them like some what do you basic think? questions. Yeah, exactly that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that stuff works really well, and I I've always liked AV because of that. We the freeze out there too, but you have we you have uh, we you have AV by your house. Do it, man. Takes us yeah. takes a Saturday, takes a couple hours on a Saturday. That's all it is. Yeah, I gotta try you to know? do that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, um, how do you find TikTok? Uh, I I've turned off the comments on my TikTok because I just can't keep up. Are yeah. you um, are you enjoying it? Where where are you at now? You've got like almost two thousand uh, followers now, and I think it's like thirty three hundred something like that. Okay, more. So, okay, yeah, Great. so something around there now. Yeah, it's been going pretty well, and um, like I said, I got a pretty broad audience. Last night I did a panel. There was like three farmers up there, and I ended up getting a bunch of them to follow me because I was like, "Hey, you want to continue having these conversations? You know, feel free to jump and talk to me anytime you want." What has been one of what has been one of your most rewarding conversations when it comes to that? Um, I had a farmer, like I was saying just last night, I had a farmer talking to him how he would potentially consider giving up his animals like to a sanctuary if like, you know, I could make the case to him for veganism. And unfortunately, I couldn't dive into it further enough. But he did add me on there. I said, you know. Next time you have some free time, I'm live. Jump in my live. We'll go over it more. So, Why would he say that? He's going to give all his animals to a sanctuary. Yeah. I think he feels guilty. He's one of those people that, you know, he realizes what he's doing. Because he said, he's like, oh, I do this as a side thing for some profit for my family. So I think re- he has some internal guilt and he kind of feels it. But he's kind of needs somebody to, like, give him the, the push. And I feel like that's the way with a lot of farmers. But, mm. Yeah. That's interesting. I, you know, when I was um when I was in Anheuser-Busch, in Virginia, we I had a one of my drivers. He's a really cool guy, and um, but he had 4-H farm, and so he raised like hobby calves. Basically, they weren't for they weren't for. I mean, all of them are for slaughter, but he would raise them for um, 4-H club, and. Yeah. And, and get them for kids. It's, it's such an interesting, there's a whole business around that, you know, just 4-H. Yeah, 4-H cow. is actually really popular by me. Is it? They, they do a lot of conventions and stuff. Yeah, and it's pretty horrible because they have like the whole thing where they raise the animals with the, the children and then they have to like send them to slaughter. Yeah. And that's crazy. How'd you get out of that? Well, I, I never got involved in it. I just, you know, I looked into it and, and uh, just saw it. So I just saw a lot of videos of activists going to like events and stuff and having conversations <sighs> with people. So 4-H is rough. It's child yeah. abuse. Yeah. And you're going to, and you're going to and you're going to play. And I mean, of course, it's animal abuse, but it's also child abuse. And yeah. it's like then you go and you try to talk to people about it. And they're like, yeah, how dare you? You can't tell me yeah. what to do. But you're like, yeah, you're abusing your children. Yeah. You're traumatizing them. And 
that that's a big thing like i was having this talk with these farmers last night and they were like those you know small quote-unquote ethical like <laughs> small time farms but yeah they, he, the one farmer admitted to me he's like i don't really understand why but i care for my animals a lot but there's a disconnect when it comes to the time of slaughter and i was like in your mind don't you think that that's you know, your conscious telling you that there's something unethical that you're doing. If you're able to, if you have to have like, you know, shut your emotions down at one point, just to, to be able to do this. Like to me, that's, that's telling me that there's some kind of disconnect. Right. It's, I think it's interesting too, is that we're trying to say that anything of this, anything in this process is humane whilst shutting off intentionally a giant part of your own humanity. Yeah. Like, if you have to shut a piece of your humanity off in order to accomplish a task, yeah, probably not. Yeah, a lot of it, I think, is how much we do for money. I think that's, I think, so much yeah. of it is that because, like, I've had jobs where I'm like, I don't want to do this shit. Yeah, but that I'll do it for the money. I think a thing too is like somebody like that, they're not really challenged very often on what they do because it's so Mm -hmm. normalized in society that when somebody starts saying like, do you have to do this? Starts questioning it. You know, it's don't you feel bad when you do it? Like starts giving these, these, these uh, questions out there. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it makes people start to think about it and they don't often do that. I mean, that's what we're all trying to do, right? Is to get people to think about this to, to, I mean, to, to, consider if only for a moment the plight of these sentient beings who would rather be alive today and And i I would say this is kind of my my criticism of some vegans too is that like there's a lot of people obviously that don't think like us so we should try our best to try to bring these people like into our wheelhouse and like you know try to get them onto our level to where you know, they might have a, there might be a huge difference between me and a farmer, but we can have like a conversation, maybe find some middle ground and start working from there. So I think it's better to, instead of seeing like us versus them, trying to, you know, work on it that way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think we, we got to kind of go back and forth sometimes. Sometimes it is us versus them, but, yeah, uh, it is. but I think like first you try to win their hearts and minds yeah. and then, and then, cause to me, it's like, <clears throat> I don't want to have friends who are carnies. But mm-hmm. the way the way I describe that is if you can watch the chicks go into the macerator and think that that's OK, you know, the, the conveyor belt of baby chicks just get, getting dumped into the grinder because they were born boys and they don't lay eggs and you think that it's OK, then you can't be my friend anymore. And yeah. it is now us versus them. At that point, it's me versus you. <laughs> like, yeah. If you, there's no more hearts and minds being, if you can watch that and be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, like you were saying on your stream a little while ago too, most of these animals are raised in like these industrial factory farms where it's these like mega corporations like Tyson Mm -hmm. that don't Mm -hmm. really care what happens. And it is us versus them at that point. Like there's no middle ground between me and Tyson, but I'm talking about, you know, somebody (laughs) that has like maybe some backyard hens or something that's kind of curious and what veganism is. I think there's a way that we can reach out to those people and maybe have a discussion with them. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, um, plants and plates. Where can people find you? What's your plan for the future? Um, what, where everyone who's watching now or watches the replay, where can they find you and and uh, and get your content and see your activism? So your story? I'm, I'm here on uh, YouTube, plants and plates, and I'm here on TikTok as well. Um, I do live streams a lot on TikTok. Um, in the future, just you know, expanding my activism, continuing going to the gym, making fitness content as well and uh, continue growing. 
Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you stopping by, man. And thank you so much for being on on uh, Vegan, of course, and being on the pre-shift. I hope maybe we'll, you'll, we'll have you back soon and we can see where your journey is taking you, you know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here. And uh, I'll catch you on the flip side. Appreciate you. All right, man. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Plants and Plates. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. And everything is... Uh, Oh, you subbed, you subs, you subscribed to Plants and Plates. Awesome. Wonderful. Thanks, Plants and Plates, says Dem Thompson. Thank you, everybody, for being here for the pre-shift. I am in St. Augustine, Florida for the few next few days. I'll be doing a little bit of um, activism on Thursday. I'll be driving around trying to change some hearts and minds, see what I can get done in America's oldest city. <laughs> I have an affirmation of the day. Do you, guys, do you guys want the affirmation, the vegan affirmation? If you're not, this is an affirmation for vegans only. It's good vibes are for vegans only. If you're not vegan, please, GTFO, this is not for you. You cannot be your best self. You cannot have an affirmation with corpses rotting in your belly. Please depart. But for the rest of you, this is your daily vegan affirmation. Your daily affirmation for vegans only. I am a mentor. When you feel like aligning your actions with your values, you can come to me. I will make myself at your disposal. I am aware that it's scary to challenge the way things are. And you need someone in your corner. And I'll be there for you as a mentor. I think that's a, every vegan, every vegan forgets that you're also a mentor. You need to be there for people because remember what it was like when you went vegan and no one was there for you or who was there or maybe conversely, who was there for you? We need each other and the animals need us too. I appreciate you, everybody. Thank you for being here. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Well, illegitimate non-carborundum, don't let the bastards grind you down. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers and our channel members. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You keep this thing going. Thank you for supporting the channel and uh, for and for supporting me and my dream to do just full-time activism all the time, every day, all day, every day. That's the dream. And you helped me live that dream. So thanks. Illegitimate non-carborundum, don't let the bastards grind you down because I need you and we need each other. You know what? The aminals need us most of all. Thank you.